What's going on, guys? Will Trubshaw here? Oh, oh. oh. Well, was, he jumped the gun. It was sort of a rhetorical, rhetorical. question, okay. and that's okay. Well, yes. Have some uh, self-control. I think I think Jordan's just excited, and of course that's Jordan Gold. I'm Will Trubshaw, and that's Jackson Kinney. Uh, we're here for the Out of Play podcast. Why is Jordan excited? You might ask. Because well, it's preview season. Oh, I was just gonna say he's not the master of his domain, but oh. well, gee, okay. I was gonna say because. I'm done with my four classes today, and tomorrow's a one-day class. Oh, goodness. Weekend's here pretty yeah. much. So. I, all, all of those are good reasons to be excited. See, Thursday's my worst day for classes because I've got 9.30, 10.45, a little gap, then 1 to 2.15, 2.30 to 5. Although the class 2.30 to 5 doesn't always go to 5. See, I don't have more than uh, three classes in one day. Yeah. So Lucky you. Hey, I, feel whatever, like I, uh, I feel like I whatever. learned a lot about you from Wednesdays with. So Hey, maybe you'll be on that next week. Hey, maybe. <laughs> yeah, check it out on IU Sports Media Instagram. Yeah, do Shout that. Out. Follow at IU Sports Media. It's very simple. Well, but, hey, what's this podcast about? Baseball. So oh. actually, actually, actually it's nothing. about our lives. We were just kind of gossiping for a second. <laughs> yeah, just it turns out that baseball is most of our lives. But well, I will say, you know, it would actually be a cool idea to have someone going out into spring training and do a what's up. Or what? Or Wednesday's well, birth, last year didn't all three of us go to spring training games? We did. Are, is anyone going to spring training this year? Uh, to be determined. Could to it be- could be happening? I don't okay. know yet. And it would probably be in Florida again. Mm. So you then would not have a good chance to report on the first division we're going to look at today for our division preview, the NL Central. Right. We Outs- are uh, going to talk about the most argued over division in the game f- to start off. It's the one that in all the projections is, well, it's this one in the NL East, the NL Central and the NL East are the two in the projections that are the closest together. So those are the first two we're going to do in this series, but we're going to start with the NL Central because it's near and dear to two-thirds of this podcast's heart. Yeah. The, the Central divisions in general, AL and NL. But of course, I, I, you're talking about those projections though, I mean, Compare them to last year's numbers, and really, neither of them looked very good. Last year's NL Central winner was St. Louis with 91 wins. They went 91-71. and 71. Well, let me tell you the, have, uh, the amount of wins they project this year's NL Central winner to have. Just to go off of the standings they have listed, I'll start at number five. The Pittsburgh Pirates, oof. big shocker at number five with around 70 wins. That, um, would, that would be an improvement from last that year would when they be, finished That would be a major improvement. Nice. Um, the <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers in fourth with 79 wins. Hmm. The St. Louis Cardinals, the la- last year's division winner, with 80 wins. The Chicago Cubs in second place with 84. And then <laughs> the division winner with a really low amount, the lowest in all of baseball projected, the lowest amount of wins, 86, the Cincinnati Reds. So there's your Pakota projected NL Central standings. Now, and last year, some teams had, had beef with the Pakota projections, namely the Cubs. The Cubs outpaced their projections by, like, four games. They won, I think, like, 84 and 80. Well, in my so mind, it, 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 it doesn't really tell you much. But Just like, looking at the numbers, the teams at the bottom have more wins than they should have, and the teams at the top have way less wins than they should have. So, like, just an example to get off topics, the New York Yankees – I feel like they're guaranteed to be a 100-win team. Seems like or a- they're going to be really close to it. They have them projected at 99. So, I don't know. They've got it really low. It's strange. Yeah, I think they always kind of bet the under on that. But again, but going back to the actual standings last year, you know, the Cardinals, they had the fewest wins among, among a division winner last year at 91. Brewers finished with at 89 and 73. That was the worst record among wildcard teams. Um... I mean, really, like, it was not—I don't—see, it's hard. Can you say, like, last year, was it just a bad division? Or see, was it, like, really competitive? Because, like— In my eyes, the NL Central is four teams beating up on each other and then the Pittsburgh Pirates actually throwing at everybody else in the division, actually trying to physically harm them. So the Reds, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Brewers are all mediocre to really good teams in that— in no certain order, and they just beat up on each other the entire year. I mean, the Cubs had a losing record to Cincinnati last year. 
So when you look at it like that, it's not that the division's bad. It's that they play each other the majority of the year, yeah. and they take away a lot of wins. Where if you look at the AL Central, the Indians and the Twins, for the past season or two, have been taking every win from the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Royals just about. I mean, it's not a competition. Those two teams haven't made in that division. The Indians hadn't made in that division for years when they were the only good team in the past three or four. So, I mean, the NL Central is just a slugfest. Yeah, but I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I see that, and I'll raise you this. Back in 2015, the Cardinals won the division with 100 games. The Pirates finished second with 98 wins. The Cubs finished third with 97. So, yes, they beat up on each other, but it doesn't always show in the results because, I mean, those were some good teams. Even 2016, 2017, 2016 was kind of a blowout in favor of the Cubs. It just, mm-hmm. you know, going off. But 2017 was a much closer race. That was still 90-plus wins. You know, like, like to me, there is a little bit of a drop-off. I don't know if it was injuries or what, but. Well, that's where we get into breaking down each team in the division. So, so an interesting point that I want to make uh, about this division uh-huh. is if you look at all the uh, managers, and a lot of them are in their third season, in the third managerial season or or less. You know, if you look at the five That's teams, a really good point because now Bell, that I think about it, yeah. David Bell is going to be in his second year. Right. David Ross, first year. Trigot, Mike Schill is in his second or third. Second or third full year because he was the interim, keep in mind. Right. right. And uh, you have Derek Shelton now in Pittsburgh. And, and then who's Craig Council? Is it still Craig uh, Council in Milwaukee? He's probably the longest tenured of right. any of the NL Central manager. What, like four years now? At, At most, most. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very new. So I mean, I don't know. I'd say the division. I mean, it, it goes to show. I, I think it's pretty wide open. I mean, you said Jackson, the Reds are projected to win the division right now with eighty six wins. I mean, that's this. Will, there were teams in the American League last year. Keep in mind. That didn't even get into the playoffs right. with 93 wins. So, and, I mean, this could be very interesting. Yeah. Division. This will be um, Craig Council's fifth year managing the Brewers. Yeah. He was hired in 2015. So, so I think I think we go into the Cubs. We'll do it alphabetical order. You okay. want to do alphabetical order or do you, do you want to do bottom up? We'll from, do alphabetical order. Okay. Oh, so for, we should start with the Brewers then if we're talking team. Well, or city. By city. Okay. Chicago. So Wait. Never mind. Specify. Does that mean we would end? Should be Chicago. We would end this preview on Pittsburgh? That's kind of a downer, isn't it? Well. St. Louis. Oh, Still. <laughs> well, Fine. We, we can do alphabetical I'm order. I'm just doing it for sake of if okay, we're going to be consistent. Okay. All right. So episodes. Chicago. Chicago right, Cubs. I'm, by the way, I'm setting a six-minute timer for each team. All right. So we know. So we'll start with the Cubs. It Let's, starts now. Will. So, Will, why don't you give us a short little preface on what we can expect from Chicago? Hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting this year. Again, they're projected... So, some projections, uh, like Pakota, they got them at 84 wins. That's the mark that they hit last year. I think it was USA Today had them at it was either 82 and 80 or 80 and 80. Well, USA Today is irrelevant because they couldn't even spell the word Cincinnati right in their projections. Yeah, so, so don't, don't really take away from them. But I, it'll be <laughs> a very interesting year for the Cubs because uh, they brought in David Ross uh, to, to play the Joe to manage. Well, you know, I wouldn't mind him getting behind the plate. <laughs> Although I, I like I like Victor Caratini. So looking looking at the player depth, I mean, he's got he's got some stuff to work with. You know, at catcher, I think the the combo of uh, Contreras and Caratini will be good. Well, I have an interesting question for you about David Ross. Uh, this is a guy who was on that World Series team in 2016. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's kind of a weird dynamic that this guy was teammates with a lot of the guys like the Brian Arizzo? On that team, and now he's they're pretty much he's their boss. If you yeah. want to look at, it. he's making the lineup each day this year. No, I mean that's a you know that's a legit question. Uh, that's something that has been asked of him and of those players. You know, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, especially Bryant and Rizzo, who were best friends with him on that team. You know, they, they looked up to him. Uh, but the response that you hear is that they they like the move because he he got down to business too. Yeah, like the media and everyone kind of during that run portrayed him as Grandpa Rossi, the fun-loving guy. But like he was one of the business, he took care of business in the locker room. Like he like if you were messing around, he got on your ass and he he straightened you out and most of those guys say that. They said, you know, even at spring training or when they've had the morning meetings and whatnot out on the field. I mean, he's gotten them fired up. And you know, it, it's not a dig on Joe Madden, but Joe Madden was a very Laid back. That that was his thing. He he kind of went with the flow. Um, 
and it worked for the first couple of years, but then as the guys started getting in there, they needed more development at the major league level. Madden's hands-off approach didn't really work. So I think David Ross is going to be the perfect combination of speaking to the guys as a friend, as a, as a teammate, um, but also like he's going he's gonna to whip them into shape. I, I mean, that's Baez alluded to like last year. Or, you know, like he when they would go out, they didn't really like do the warm-ups, how you know, teams go out and they do batting practice before the game. Everyone's warming up together. Everyone's kind of on their own pace. They're in like the underground batting cages and on the tunnels and stuff. And Baez said, you know, I, like honestly, like I was getting loose by the fourth inning when you need to be loose by first pitch. You know, like that's an interesting quote. Getting loose by the fourth inning because, like, damn, of, dude, a third of the game's gone and you're not even ready. Exactly, and that manifested itself a lot in 2018 and 2019 for the Cubs. Was the fact that hey, well, I mean, you could see like the first few times around, like they just didn't look good, and there was enough talent on the team that for you could argue 40, 50 of their wins, you know. They were able to battle back, and they won those games, and that speaks to how talented they were, but they weren't utilizing all their talent. So, you know, semantics, it's a lot of things. You know, They can say all these good things now. won't matter until the results show up. But I, I'm optimistic. I think they've, you know, the core that they have, they've relied on it for years. It did win them a World Series. It got them the three straight NLCSs. I'm still a little concerned about the death, but I, I, I do like some of the moves to bring in, obviously, Jason Kipnis, your guy, uh, Jeremy Jeffress as a bullpen arm. You know, Brandon Morrow is back on a minor league contract. I don't know if he's going to make the team. All right, so something I want to do for each of these teams is I want to do a name to know, whether it be okay. a new name, an up-and-coming hmm. player, or just a player who solidified the star. Who's your player? Who's the name to know for the Cubs this year? I, I really think it's Chris Bryant. I think, you know, he's going to come out this year after all the trade rumors. He's been doing it already. He's... He's kind of ticked off. He's like, you know what? This is my home. I know it's my home. They they just made it clear to him, or so he says that you know he's staying here for a while. This they're not getting rid of him, and he's excited about that. Uh, he's had enough of all the trade talk. I think he's going to come out, uh, and he's going to have an MVP caliber season. I think that's going to put the Cubs back over the top. You know, I, I where do they finish this year? I, it's hard to know. I think the the NL Central is kind of really a wild card. It's a toss up. Uh, you know, anyone could do well. Anyone could exceed expectations. I don't think anyone knows what to expect. But I think Brian's going to have that MVP caliber year where he almost eclipsed 40 home runs, uh, and he's going to he's gonna be back. And, uh, yeah, and Ross announced today, actually, that Chris mm-hmm. Bryant will be starting lead, at least the start of the season at the leadoff, yeah. uh, number one in the batting order. So turning, we got about a minute left here, looking at the pitching rotation this year. Of course, you Darvish is a big name. Uh, Tyler Chatwood had a little bit of a bounce back year. Who, who are some other names, or who's going to be at the top of the rotation? Yeah. Maybe some bullpen guys that they should know. We should know. Well, see, that's interesting. The, the rotation, it, it's pretty solidly said it'll probably be Darvish 1, Hendricks 2, uh, uh, Kyle Hendricks, that is, of course. Probably Jose Quintana, the 3. Uh, John Lester, I feel like he'll be 4. So he and Quintana, I think, are going to rotate. Weird to, it's weird to think as Lester as a four yeah. guy. But, I, yeah, the only weird. reason I say that is just, I mean, he's 35 now. He's old. He's towards the end of his contract. Uh, he's so good, but he, he's learning how to pitch with less now. So I think that's that's a challenge for him. But, I mean, he's John Lester, so he's going to find a way to adapt. He could finish the season very well as the Cubs three uh, pitcher. And then five is kind of a toss-up, like you mentioned. Uh, Tyler Chatwood's going to get a look. Adbear Elzelai pitched a lot last year, kind of coming up. He was really good. Um, there there are some some spots that could be filled there, uh, and for the bullpen too, it's going to be interesting. I am I am excited because I think Craig Kimbrell once he gets a you know they brought him in last year but they brought him in in June he had had no spring training I think once he gets a full workout routine in this year he's going to be a lot better a lot closer to the 2018 Craig Kimbrell we saw uh, when he won the World Series with the Red Sox and was so shut down there. Uh, if th- you can if you can get Craig Kimbrell back to that level, exactly. it's, that's dangerous for it, everybody else. And I again, they signed Jeremy Jeffers to a one year major league deal. If Brandon Morrow can be in twenty seventeen, he was an all star. He had twenty three saves at the All Star break before he went down with a mysterious injury that's kept him out the rest of the uh, since twenty seventeen All Star break of twenty seventeen. If you can get him back to service well, and the, some of the other arms they've got, Rowan Wick, Kyle Ryan, I mean. In theory, it could be a, a very dangerous bullpen, but uh, there, there's a lot 
up in the air, especially with the injury of those back in the bullpen guys like Jeffress and Kimbrell and Morrow. Yeah. So, again, it, you don't really know until things happen. Like, 2016 was so successful um, because everyone stayed healthy. I, it really is as simple as that. If they can stay healthy with this year, I mean, that in theory, they could have, like, a top-five bullpen. But right. you so, just don't know. So, really quickly, all right, I want you to tell me where they finish and if they make the playoffs. Just you know, one sentence. Uh, I think Cubs this year, they finish second in the division, making the wild card. Uh, I'll give them like a, I'm being optimistic. I'm going to give them like a 90 and 72 record, good enough to make the wild card. Wow, you're going above average. It's like uh, you're giving all sorts of evidence, and now we just want the answer. But we'll take Uh, it. Jackson? 97. For the Cubs? Cubs. Where do they finish the division, and did they make the playoffs? I think. Them making the playoffs as like a second wild card isn't crazy to think. Yeah, okay. I think that's pretty spot on for him. Finish, like, maybe sec- no higher than second, no lower than third. So second or third in the right. division. Sorry, you're gonna hate me. I think they finished third in the division and probably missed the playoffs. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, see, interesting. Okay. I just want to be on. I think it'd be fun to be on the record now just to see because that wild at. card is going to be a big, uh, oh, yeah. highly contested spot. Right. I think so. Yeah. So Jackson, you've been pretty quiet, so I know you've been saving your energy here for our next team, starting the timer. Cincinnati Reds, all right? I lo- David Bell, year two. And now what has killed the Reds in the past couple of seasons? Those slow starts. Well, this year might be a little different. They got some guys. Tell us a little about. Right. So last year they started off like a one in seven. You, you can't do that. You can't do that at all. That kills the momentum for the rest of the year. And then once they did start to get a little momentum, it was just all gone because their offense was anemic at points. And when they finally fixed the pitching staff by bringing in pitching coach Derek Johnson and adding former Reds pitcher Caleb Cotham to that pitching staff, and um, I'm forgetting the third guy's name, but he's another big part of this pitching staff that has turned the Reds' rotation from a bottom five in the league to a top five in the league and the bullpen into a top ten, top five bullpen in the league. I mean, the Reds' pitching – is their strength now. And if you would have told me that going into last year, I would have laughed at you and slapped you in the face probably. But now the reality is they've got the bats for that offense too. And they've only gotten better with their pitching staff. Yeah, and they've made a lot of big pitching uh, moves, at least the front office has. A couple of trades in the past years, getting Bauer in a right. three-team deal last year, getting Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray well. is one of the steals of the of the century so far from yeah. the Yankees. So who's this rotation going to be one through five? Who, who are you thinking? They're going to give Luis Castillo the opening day start, and I'd be surprised if anybody else got it. I mean, I wouldn't be based on talent, but Luis Castillo is the only one in the rotation that's a homegrown player, and he's good enough to have the opening day start. So it'll probably be him, and then Sonny Gray, and then Trevor Bauer probably in the three-hole. Kind of weird for him to be in the three-hole after the career he's had. And then Anthony Desclafani in the four. And then free agent signing from this offseason, Wade Miley at the five. With Tyler Malley being the extra guy in the rotation, the sixth man who will be called upon if needed. So no Desclafani, or I know well, last year. Desclafani is going to be in the four oh, hole. You said four, sorry. right? I mean, last year there was the guy like Tanner Roark who they started. He started the year at Cincinnati. And Tanner Roark was amazing in that rotation, but they were never going to keep him past last year or to- after the trade deadline, yeah. sending him to Oakland. I mean, God bless Tanner Roark. He was great when he was a Cincinnati Red, but he just was isn't what this team needs now. So who's your who's the I guess, name to watch for the Reds this year. See, that's difficult because they did a lot in the offseason. Give me I'm, one name, though. This is for the I know, fun. I yeah. know. I mentioned Wade Miley. They signed Mike Moustakis. They signed Nicholas Castellanos. Uh, Shogo Akiyama from Japan. I'm missing somebody. They did so much. Um, they saw, I heard they signed the, the beer guy in left field. Oh, yeah, know. probably. They signed so many people this year. They got Pedro <laughs> Strope now, too, in the oh. bullpen, but... It's not going to be a new guy. It's going to be Joey Votto because he'll he'll be the first one to tell you. Last year was not up to his standards, and he has been on record so far saying, I've been working hard this offseason, and I will be better in 2020. And when Joey Votto is saying that, you have to believe him because anything he says is true. <laughs> you know, we were talking just, I think, our last but episode it, about yeah. the top 100 list of players. 
Joey Votto's name wasn't on that list. Right, and uh, it just doesn't make sense to me with how he's played the past four years, five years. I mean, in 2017, he was second to Giancarlo Stanton in MVP voting. And he got robbed of that, by the way. I'll never, I'll never say Giancarlo deserved that MVP. But Votto is definitely the name to watch because he has that drive and that fire. And once he gets that, he once he sets his mind to something, he does it. And if he wants to be a better baseball player, he will be. So, and so, yeah. So should the expectations be high uh, for the Reds this season? Well, I'll give you another Joey Votto quote. He said on a podcast with the Red sideline reporter Jim Day, Jim J, the Jim Day podcast, that he and this team are playing for the World Series this year. So they expect winning out of him. And Nick Nicholas Castellano said that when he signed there. He said he wouldn't have signed in Cincinnati if he didn't expect to win. So this team expects to be in the postseason. They expect to make it far in the postseason. And I mean, big statement for a team that missed the playoffs last year and finished with what 70 75. Yeah, they're projected to get 86 wins and win the division this year by Pakota. But you know how weird those can be. But the division is it's anybody's taking. And Cincinnati fixed their one glaring weakness in the offense with Moustakis, Akiyama, and Castellanos. I mean. And the guys they already had there, Nick Senzel's going to be in the outfield, Jesse Winker and Phil Irvin are going to rotate, Aristides Aquino, nobody knows really if he's going to be everyday right fielder. But there's a log jam in the outfield. Castellanos is going to be in the outfield too, so really there's only one spot that's going to be open day in and day out. The infield, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Joey Votto, Mike Moustakis at first and second. Your shortstop's Freddie Galvis, who is not a bad shortstop. He was really good for the Reds in the second half of the year when they picked him up. And then 49 home runs, Eugenio Suarez. I mean, come on. Who had one of the most quiet 49 home run seasons Exactly. Ever. I mm-hmm. mean, this team has the ability to be an offensive juggernaut in this league. And combine that with the pitching staff they have, that one through five, and then in the bullpen now adding Pedro Strope along with Amir Garrett and Michael Lorenzen and the other guys in that bullpen – I, I'm i cautiously optimistic as a fan because I'm always ready to be hurt by this team and be let down. But, like... <laughs> I think that's an accurate description yeah. for the Reds, especially going into Cautiously last optimistic. Too. Cautiously optimistic. Because it, 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 to be a good team in this league, it's all luck. Right. I mean, with injuries, with not having a slump, with rain delays causing a guy to go into a slump as a pitcher who was expecting to go in but doesn't go in for another five days. Weird things in baseball. It's getting lucky with those that are really a big part of determining if your team's going to be good. All right, so I want to know, first, where do the Reds finish in the Central, and do they make the playoffs next year? I'm going to say they win the division. I'm going to say it. I mean. All right, you said it. It's a a close division. They could definitely do it. It's not wild. Where do they go in the postseason? Votto says World Series. I got to ride with Votto. <laughs> so you're running with Votto. I'm not they saying the they're going to win it. I'm not saying they're going to win it. They, I think they could definitely make it at least to the championship series, to the NLCS. And then, dude, uh, just thinking about them getting to the World Series yeah. makes me a nervous wreck. All right. I think, I'll go on the record, I think the Reds <laughs> will finish second in the division and uh, get to the wild card game. Okay. All right, I'm okay. willing to say that. That's fair. That's, that's another really... Good prediction. They're, they could do anything, really. Nobody knows what's going to yeah. happen. Honestly, I do believe uh, Reds win the division. Uh, I think, obviously, they go to the playoffs as a result. Uh, I think just because of the, of the newness of their roster and some of the young guys still coming up, especially in the the uh, the bullpen and whatnot, their ceiling is the NLCS. Well, let me just quick point to the newness point you said. Moustakis has a World Series ring. And Castellanos well, uh, has been in the playoffs with Chicago, right? No. No. Well, he, didn't. he played for Chicago with in guys that of, had won a World Series. In a division race. In a division in a race. baseball. Yeah. yeah. Shogo Akiyama has been in so many important games in Japan with that league. So uh, Yeah. Well, when I say newness, I don't mean necessarily like newness to the playoffs. You mean That's like the chemistry. Chemistry. Okay. Yeah. I think whenever you put a really good team together, you know, a lot of stars together at once, there can be a tendency... I mean, 162 games, big sample size. 
a little more time to gel than like an NBA season or an NHL season, NFL season. But I think there there may be some growing pains along the way. But I, I don't. Yeah, like you said, outside of the randomness of baseball, this looks like a team that one through five in the rotation. Uh, they're set. Their their offensive lineup got so much better uh, than it was last year, and it wasn't half bad last year. But it just got leaps and bounds better this year. Um, uh, yeah, to me, I, I think... So division winners for the Reds yeah, here. I, I kind of feel it. Yeah. I, I hate talking about it because I feel like I'm going to jinx it. You know, I, I'm looking at the record last year. They were a game above 500 at home, actually, mm-hmm. they, where they struggled and lost kind of down the stretch on the road. So yeah. uh, maybe that's something to look out for this season. And right? it's not going to get any easier on the road because in mm-hmm. the NL Central's rotation of interleague play, it's the AL East, so they're going to have to go to the Fenways and the Yankee yeah. Stadiums and the Tropicana yeah. Fields. Actually, they're not going to Tropicana. Tampa's coming for two to Cincinnati, but maybe we'll Cincinnati's do, not going to Tampa. Maybe we'll do like a schedule uh, preview show yeah. or something. So that's a little that. weird uh, thing that's for the Reds. interleague play. But yeah, the playing the AL East on the road is going to be tough. All right, Milwaukee Brewers starting the clock. So this team won ninety or sorry eighty nine games last year, eighty nine and seventy three. Um, this is a team that was you know fighting for postseason berth. I believe they. Got into the postseason as a wild card, I believe. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'd be curious to see what this team does. And we've talked about you guys already picked the Reds as your, you know, division winners in the NL Central. Cubs should be competing as well, and this is yet another team that looks to compete. So, where do the Brewers kind of fall here in divisional play? Well, man, it's it's tough because the the Brewers, in some respects, I mean, look at some of the guys that they've added. They got Justin Smoke. And that big trade that went down earlier, they have Luis Urias now from the Padres. Uh, you know, Jordan, you and I were talking earlier, Corey Ray, one of their top outfield prospects. Uh, but he might be blocked because they got uh, Avisail Gar- Garcia. They have Jed Jerko, Ryan Healy, um, Keston Hira. Yep. Looking at some of these names. Uh, but yeah, obviously, Yelich and Kane. Like, they're, they're an interesting team. I think offensively, they're certainly in a good place in terms of the talent. And the depth they have, especially, you know, I'm sure the concerns there after Yelich went down with that injury. And that's kind of, that almost sunk him last year. The fact they were able to make the playoffs while he missed the... Was, uh, it was one of the best the stories in baseball, But playing without Yelich. Because without him, I don't know, man, they're a weird team. That was a weird... It's like who... I mean, if you look at their best additions this offseason, <laughs> I mean, a lot of websites just have it listed as three guys. And it's three guys you wouldn't think are... Big names. I mean, Alex Claudio, Corey Spangenberg, and Ben Gamble. Those yeah. are, according to a bunch of websites, they're three biggest additions this offseason. You know, interesting enough, uh, when MLB Pipeline came out with their top 100 prospects for this season, the Brewers were the only team to have none in the top 100. So they're really begging on their major league guys. Yeah. I mean, and you can with a guy like Christian Yelich, who I have to say, I mean, he's he's the name to know. For oh, this Christian Yelich is, yeah, it's easy because he would have won the, the MVP guy. if he. Stayed healthy. If you opinion. wanted to go yeah, like a deeper cut name to know for the Brewers, I'd say Keston Hira, who had a really yep. good year last yep. year as a really good, young it's guy. Good pick. It's a good pick. And Fine. like I think he he'll be able to continue that first year of play, that high level he had, into his second year. Yeah. Though the one thing that concerns me about the Brewers is their pitching. I, I feel like we say this every year, but especially this year, because I mean, again, you lost Jeremy Jeffers, who had been your setup man. Yep. Uh, you still have Corey Knable and Josh Hader, so. You can rely on those guys, and obviously Council always makes it to work, but, I mean, your rotation, again, it's Brandon Woodruff. It's probably uh, Corbin Burns, who is one of their up-and-coming prospects, but he hasn't really blown anyone out of the water yet. You have Brett Anderson. I I mean, they lost um, Wade Miley, is gone, who had been huge for them the last couple of years. I don't know. To me, there's just such an, like, if things go right, which – they have, it seems, the past couple of years for this team. They certainly right. they'll, they'll be they'll be in the the race down the wire. I mean, but, for the Brewers, minus the Christian Yelch thing, that's where my thing on luck comes in. Yeah, because they've had things go their way. They've caught the breaks they needed. Yeah, exactly. And the the thing is, like, how how long does that luck last? Exactly, it's, it's a fickle like, thing. It really like, I, you know, they're a smaller market team, um, so obviously it's a little harder to judge like. Who can they sign or not? But to me, uh, you know, it just never feels like they're out there getting the pitching, signing pitching they need. Uh, right. They they've drafted well. They've got they've got some young guys who have come up 
who have stepped up and pitched well. But like to me, I don't know. It just it concerns yeah. me the lack of. There's just so much that could go wrong. I mean, if Josh Hader gets hurt, who's who steps in? But other than remo- Corey Knable, but then who takes over for Knable? Yeah, he said, Knable I, got hurt last year. I think that's he had been their closer before Josh Hader stepped up. And you know, I mean, Hader has been remarkably durable. That's been one of the best things about him. That's he's, he's been, been a been couple able, of things. Well, yeah, but if you're talking just talking about the like the success he's had, uh, it, it's due to how long, you know, exactly. he, he's not been on the on the shelf. He's not been on the injured list a lot, uh, and that's why he's been so successful. But and that's why they've been successful. He can close out games, and he goes two or three innings. If he goes down, I mean, like yeah. I remember a couple seasons ago when you, you know. looked at the Brewers, their success. They had Hater. They had Jeffries, you know, they had a bunch of guys like that in the back it was, of the bullpen that were dominant. It really was their bullpen because the starting yeah. pitching was not all there. And so, um, you know, unless, again, the starting pitching takes a step this year with these guys who are maybe now in their third, fourth seasons at the big league level, <coughs> excuse me, I feel like that leaves a lot, a lot to be desired for the Brewers. Um, I, I like, uh, that's leaving a lot up to chance when you leave the pitching that loosey-goosey. Yeah. So, Will, I, I said Yelich, uh, Jack said Hira. I mean, who's your name to know? I mean, it could very well be Yelich or Hira, but who would you say is your name to know for the Brewers this season? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think, oh, man. I mean, repeats are definitely acceptable because when we get to the Angels, we all know Mike Trout's well, name to know. I've got maybe, one. Maybe, well, I'm already, I, I'm going to make you happy with that one when yeah, we get there. I already know what you're going to say. Looking at their roster... Yep. And, uh, 24 seconds to make up your mind. Just uh, kidding. I'm, I'm going to say Ryan Braun. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to say Eric Sogard. Uh, well, Sogard, uh-huh. a nice death piece. I think Wait, Ryan Braun, it'll be interesting. Just, just a real quick point. Wasn't Eric Sogard, when he was on the A's, the guy who won the face of the MLB competition a few years ago on Twitter? Which is, yeah. But that, that, MLB, we can, MLB and social media. Okay, we okay, Ryan debate, Braun. We can start a bit debate about that, about how that just— oh God. I'll never forget it, but Ryan Braun, yes. Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously he's he's getting up there. He's 35 now. Uh, I think he'll be, well, yeah, he'll be 36 in November. Uh, so getting up there in age, my guess is they're probably going to shift him over to first base. And, I mean, that kind of makes sense because there is no more— um, Eric Thames. There's no more Yasmani Grandal. Yep. Two guys who were huge contributors to the Damn. offense. If only there were... No Jesus Aguilar either. Oh, yeah. No so Jesus. If only there was some kind of supplement to help Brian Braun in his old age keep his strength. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a buzzer. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. But, right. uh, but I do think he's someone who... You know, he's been on that team a long time. He's kind of the steadying force for them. Uh, I think he's kind of an X-factor offensively, too. I mean, he had a really good... It, it's weird, I you know, weird to say, um, but I mean, he you know he had a bounce back year last year, and like, it kind of kept him afloat, especially when when Yelich went down. That's nah, a good pick. The Brewers outfield is one of the b- better ones in baseball when you look at it across. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just it. So and again, all right, yeah. so where do we think that the Brewers are finishing this year? I mean, I, I can I'll start off, I guess. So I I think the Brewers will finish fourth in the division, miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they fit. Yeah, I I agree with that because. To make my other picks work, especially with one upcoming, they have to miss the playoffs and finish fourth. So, okay. yeah, I, I, I'm going the same. I think they finish fourth. I just there's just too much unreliability with the pitching overall. You know, again, enough could break white, right? That we're all wrong and they're they're leading the division race in September because that's happened like the last two years. Yeah, but um, I don't know, especially with the improvement of the Reds. I, I think the Brewers slide down to fourth this year, but it'll be a close fourth. Yeah. Well, Will and I will hopefully get to catch a, maybe some Milwaukee games. I mean, you'll be you'll be working. yeah yeah. Will we'll, we'll be with the Brewers this uh, season, which is exciting, and I'll be up in Wisconsin. So maybe I'll catch some Milwaukee Brewers. Why will you be up in Wisconsin? I'm working for the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters. Oh. That's the Northwoods League. I don't know if you've heard of it. I've heard of the Northwoods League because of this guy, but yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we'll be definitely watching the Brewers. should be uh, very interesting. Well, how about we take a trip we'll down north, the, baby. the Monongahela River? I was River. like, we won't be watching the next team no. very much. <laughs> <laughs> talk, about, talk about the Steel City. Like, this is the grit and grind of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeesh. No more um, Clint Hurdle. I got something He's more gone. entertaining than the Pirates. Oh, I forgot to set the timer. Do we even need six minutes for the Pirates? Uh, I might. I might. <laughs> All right. I might. All right. What do you got on the Pirates? Well. <laughs> well okay, you're laughing. Right. You're laughing before we even start talking about <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the Pirates. Oh. 
the pirates, for lack of a better term, are not the masters of their domain. So. They stinks. Clint Hurdle. They- gone. He's out of here. Uh, like, Maybe honestly, the best move of Pittsburgh's I think. I think Clint so. Clint Hurdle? Yeah. <laughs> fired? Kind of similar to when he uh, should have gotten ejected. It makes up for all the times he wasn't ejected when his pitchers were throwing at players. That's how I see it. We're, yeah. But let's stay on Pittsburgh. Okay. The okay. This season. So let's look at some of their additions. I guess Jordan Lyles. Okay. Whatever. Eric Gonzalez. Okay. Whatever. And then that was a trade last year. But yeah, that's okay. Whatever. And then some, uh, your your guy Lonnie Chisenhall. Uh, I know. They Let's uh, look at some of the people they've lost. Um, notwithstanding Garrett Cole or Tyler Glass now or Austin Meadows. <clears throat> uh, Ivan Nova, gone. Jordan Leplo, gone. Max Moroff, gone. Tanner Anderson, gone. Uh, there's just, they have nothing. They, they, at one Archer. point this offseason, their payroll was $43 million. Mike Trout makes $37 million in one year. Yeah. Mike Trout could save up for two years and buy the Pirates. He, he, he could really buy the Pirates to. now. Well, they have Chris Archer. Oh, yeah, Chris Archer. Uh, the only uh, name. Maybe the only name to this, know this season for Pittsburgh. Truly. Um, yeah, it's got to be I mean, what can you say about the Pirates? They have hardly anything. Uh, uh, look, look at this possible combination of their lineup. Adam Frazier, Eric Gonzalez, Kevin Kramer, Kevin Newman, Cole Tucker. Newman. And uh, who, really, what do they have other than maybe a bag of chips? Chris Archer, uh, the peanuts that are going to be saved from their fans not attending these games. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just, uh, yeah, uh, this is like a triple A. No team. words, you guys. This is, no words. It's kind of like a. You want to do the a... name to know? You want to do the name yeah, to know? No, it, it's not this a player. Fun. It's not their new manager. I don't even know who their new manager is. It's Bob Nutting, the owner of the team. Because, yeah, Pittsburgh fans are annoying and rude and gross, and that's just Pittsburgh as a sports city. It's like Philadelphia. It's to be expected. There's a certain charm within it (laughs) if you can manage to get along with them. I'm not a huge fan of the fans of Pittsburgh, but Jesus H. Christ, how long do they have to watch this team do nothing? Uh, $43 on a payroll? If you're the owner of the team, how do you get away with that? How does the league not step in and do something here? It's like they're trying to lose. They're trying to be bad just to turn a profit. It's like the Cubs, but they're no hope. True. Is, all right. So, I, yeah, this is this is going to be a very, very bad year for the Pirates. And oh, looking, this is bad. This is very, very bad. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, they they have three prospects, I'm Mitch yelling. Keller, Cabrian Hayes, and O'Neill Cruz. In the top 100 of the system, so... Yeah, for know, a team as bad as they've been for the past however long since they last made the playoffs, you'd think they'd have more. Yeah, so but let's look positively here because, I mean, you, you have a, a lot of young guys who are going to get chances at least. They're going to uh, get at bats. You yeah, look at especially when they trade the last thing that's worth a shit on that team, Francisco Cervelli. Yeah. True. You look at, like, Miami, for instance. We might have to censor that. I don't know. You look at Miami with how they've kind of developed prospects given, you know, a lot of players at bats... And they have a you know slight mix. They had the Martin Prados. They had some veteran guys in there. You see the Pirates have a similar model this see, year. But here's the thing about the Pirates that blows my mind. The Marlins had Yelich, Ozuna, and Real Mudo. And they at least got some decent prospects in return for those three. And Stanton, too. Not great. Not great. Not really. But more than whatever the Pirates got for, like, anybody. I mean, they traded Austin Meadows. And got Chris Archer, who hasn't pitched well with the Pirates at all. So let me um, just say that Pittsburgh. A lot of Tyler people, Glass. Now they traded yeah. him for like nothing. It's true. A lot of people thought Pittsburgh was going to be a lot worse than they even were last year, and they they hung around. They surprised people for a bit. I think yeah, they, they, they played five hundred baseball. They, yeah, they, they got some. Well, the emergence of Josh Bell was a big part of that. That's right? yeah. Who might be a name to know? I mean, he's he's uh, probably he, named to know. He's my name to know. Honestly, yeah. I think he's going to be. One of those guys, he keeps the fans in their seats. He's the one you come out to see. Cause like, yeah, if, like, what else did they— Like, Trevor Williams is okay. Joe Musgrove is okay as a pitcher. Um, Otherwise, uh, maybe you see the fireworks after the, the yeah. promotions. <laughs> I mean, the I really, like, you look at this, Ross. It's weird to think— Who are they going to make a bobblehead? <laughs> they but, can only do Josh Bell so many times. Exactly. Roberto Clemente? <laughs> this year, 
We're doing the Legends of the Sea edition. The best pirates from all of our time. Where's the current players? Uh... The, it, it, what's crazy to me is, like, the only holdovers on this team from that— the team that was in the wild card five years ago, in, in 2015, are Eric Gonzalez and Francisco Cervelli. They had the, Starling Marte. They had Andrew McCutcheon. There's only one team Craig, that's— Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh, like, there's only one team that's been as incompetent, in my mind, with how they've handled themselves since— they were last decent in the mid 2010s in the playoffs. That's a, that's Detroit, and, mm-hmm. and you could tell me Detroit has made so many smart moves or whatever that I don't know about. But all I have to do is point to you for of uh, the Reds getting a Eugenia Suarez for Alfredo Simon, and then less than a year later getting Alfredo Simon back on the team. So, I so yeah. moral of the story here is the Pirates are very very bad at making trades. They're bad. So, they're incompetent. Their owner is the worst. He should be kicked out of the league. So I'm not going to even ask if they're going to make the playoffs. No, no, they're, they're finishing question. fifth, and they'll they're probably fifth. winning less than 70 yeah. games. So my question is, will they be the worst team record wise in baseball this year? Well, the Baltimore Orioles exist. So okay. so no. Uh Nah, man, I don't know. I feel like the Orioles might be due for a, a bounce back year. Like they've you been think? kind of building some assets. And okay, stuff. well, it's uh, a week. Div- Daniel Central is a little. They all beat each other up. Keep in mind, right? So I'm going to say no. That they don't have the worst. They won't. Have I don't the think they'll record. have the worst. But, but they, it's not. Gonna it's be not going to be. Yeah, it's no, not going to be it fun. Is not, they're not going to be a good team. Okay. At least they have a pretty ballpark that they're going to be making so much money off of. Poor, True. Poor Pittsburgh. All right, so that leaves Tough, one man. team. Right, that you guys I know find near and dear to your hearts, Ugh. the St. Louis Cardinals. Who, of course, you know, won the division last year, ninety-one wins, led carried by Jack Flaherty in the second half, probably the best pitcher in baseball over the second half yeah. of the season last year. It's true, and you know, a lot of people got to get gave Mike Schultz a lot of credit. I know some of you guys can't remember which one, or maybe both, are not like huge fans of Mike Schultz, but the Cardinals. Know what it takes to get to the postseason. They're, they're, right. They have the. They have. It's in their blood. Can you, you have the juice? Can you pause the timer real quick? I have to. Never make started. A, it. I have Thanks to make a disclaimer. Me. Go ahead. For the pirates arguing with who they got and whatever, it doesn't matter. I got some of those things wrong as I just found out by my own uh, research. Like it still doesn't matter. They're still going to be bad. So. Okay, so the pirates are bad. Yeah, I just wanted you to know that if update, update. if if whoever listens to this, whoever cares enough about the pirates and listens to this, is listening, and I said something wrong, which I probably did, and they go, "Oh, he's an idiot." Blah, blah, you're still gonna be bad, so like it doesn't matter. Also, I just I just double checked. Francisco Zarelli is also no longer on the team. So he's not. No. Oh, so okay. Eric yeah. Gonzalez see, I was reading something that was a little I think old. retired. Yeah. Crushed. Probably Good business move. to shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was reading something that was a little old. Fair warning. But, yeah, so, so the Pirates still have A little outdated, was it? It was like a year old. It was yeah. written in the same day of 2019 as it is right, in so 2020. So we're talking about the Cardinals here. A team, anyway, yeah. a team that beat the Braves. A lot of people didn't see that one coming yeah. in the NLCS, right? I think they were down two to none and came all the way back. Yeah. Whatever. And then game five, they went out and scored Ten runs in the first inning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. Ten runs in the first inning, which I think is never – hasn't happened in a gazillion See, years. See, I mentioned luck earlier. No, the Cardinals it's don't the have – Cardinals. The Cardinals don't have luck. They have this thing called Cardinal Devil Magic is yeah, what it is. They I, – I, you know, part, obviously part of it is the, the Cardinal way and, like, they always find ways to develop players. Um, they do. They want to. They always get the system guys. Um but they're an interesting team this year because I mean they lost a couple pieces. There's no more Marcelo Zuna. Nope. Uh, Carlos Martinez is gone, who had been a big piece for them off the bench. Uh, but you look at, I mean, there's a lot of names who last year they were a part of that division. I mean, you got Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, uh, Yairo Munoz. Uh, you got Brad Miller now. Uh, but I mean, then you look at Yadier Molina. I don't think he's going to bat 270 again this year. Like, he had a really good year. Paul Goldschmidt really flipped it on the second half. I mean, you expect I expect Goldschmidt to be Paul Goldschmidt. Matt Carpenter had a really bad year last year, so he could be due for a turnaround. Colton Wong was was good. You mentioned Maybe Jack Matt Flaherty. Carpenter is gone forever. I, I don't know, man. He's out of our hair. Carlos Martinez is still there. Is like there's, he was their closer. but I, You've got uh, Jordan 
Jordan Hicks, who went down with an injury. They they won 91 games without their closer for like half the year. Just crazy. So, in some respects, you know this how to team. Win. Yeah. I mean, that's that. the bottom line is the Cardinals, they, they know how to win. They they're the Cardinals. Consistently always up there. I mean, they've got a lot of those pieces. You see Andrew Miller. Um, so, you named a lot of players. Man. Who's your name to know? You said a lot of names. Who, who's the best of that? Or maybe the most intriguing name for the Cardinals? See, are you asking Will specifically? Well, if you got just... one, go ahead. Here's my thing with St. Louis. There never is one name to know because all these random, That's weird, it. generated— I know, but for the fun, we're just picking a name, the profile. All right, you want a name? Oh, I'm trying What's to find the guy. Well, you you pick one because I'm trying to find this guy's name because it's hard to pronounce. Well, I'm going with uh, Jack Flaherty. I mean, again, he was an the— An easy name to pronounce, yeah. and yes. Breakout star last year. He's only 23, uh, and he was just unbelievable. I think he's now 100% the ace of the staff, especially with Carlos Martinez moving around everywhere. Uh, you know, they got another young guy in Dakota Hudson, but, I mean, Jack Flaherty, uh, he's the guy they're going to build the rest of their staff around. Um, and, they, you know, they still have Adam Wainwright, for crying out loud, from the— you know, 2006? Easily, yeah. I You know, but, yeah, to me, uh, Jack Flaherty, he's the guy to watch. He's going to be okay. their most consistent pitcher. Um, you might be worried about a sophomore slump, but I don't know. I mean, the guy's just got ridiculous stuff. Um, if he can duplicate what he did in the second half for an entire year, I, I would put him down as a Cy Young favorite. Honestly, the way he pitched. Oh my! Um, and he, he, no, you know, that's that's just I, I I could see that. Depending on how the re- uh, the rest of the team goes, because I mean, you always think like, oh, the Cardinals, who do they have? And then again, like literally, it's just the consistency just blows your mind. But I mean, he could certainly be the leader on a team that may, goes back to the playoffs. Also, think about who's behind the plate here: Yadier yeah. Molina. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been in the game. He's a future Hall of Famer. And this guy, when you have him behind the plate, I mean, you're going to expect the pitching rotation to be solid, you know, a really firm rotation. Mm-hmm. My name to know, though, it's a guy who struggled last season. Okay, it's not mine, thank God. He struggled last season, but he's, I think he's a really important part of this team if they're going to have success. Matt Carpenter, mm-hmm. okay? He's a, he's a guy who, you know, has moved around the lineup a lot. Uh, they've experimented with him at the lead opposition, I know, and I, I just think he's... If he can get it together, I mean, he had, you know, he's had stretches. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was last year. I think it was the year before where he had, the, he was like the hottest hitter in the second half in all of baseball. Right. He hit like almost close to like 30 home runs right. in the second half. Right. It was yeah. ridiculous. He was on and fire. Last year, I don't know what happened. He just, he had 226. I mean, part of it, I mean, limited at bats. I mean, injuries, whatever, don't help. But, you know, if this guy can stay healthy, Matt Carpenter can, I think. I don't know. I think he could get back to what he was, his old form, a few years ago. He's my name to know. All right. I'll make this quick because, uh, whatever, it's St. Louis. Tommy Edmond uh, came up halfway through last year as a rookie, and good bless America, he hit 304 in 92 games yeah. with wow. uh, 11 home runs and a 350 on base percentage, slugging 500, OPS of 850. Uh, I mean, this guy was exactly what the team needed at that point. They really push him over the hump and get him to that first in the division spot. I mean, Tommy Edmond, young kid, he's really good. In the postseason, he wasn't worth much. He only uh, had six hits and 33 at-bats, so say what you want about postseason, but small sample size. Mm -hmm. But I think looking at 92 games and hitting 300, slugging 850, I mean, that's pretty good. Or slugging 500 with an OPS of 850. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The Tommy Edmond in the infield, he's going to be big for this team this year. Yeah. All right. So the Cardinals last season uh, surprised a lot of people, right? Play the Nationals, and then, you know, Nationals just were hot and right. swept them, I, th- I think it was. So yeah. do the St. Louis, do they take a step back this year, and where do they finish in the division? If do they I the don't think they take a step back as much as Cincinnati takes a step forward. I think they finish Second in the division. Okay. I think the division is going to be Cincinnati, St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee. Do the Cardinals Pittsburgh. make the playoffs? They might make it as a wild card, but the NL wild card is going to be so tight between the NL Central and the teams in the NL East jockeying for position. All right. Yeah. Um, for me, I the only spot I have left is third place, so I'm slotting the Cardinals in third. But I mean, you know, again, if enough goes right, they could certainly exceed that. 
Uh, there's the potential they make the playoffs, but like Jackson said, it, there's going to be a lot of teams, I think, in the NL East and NL Central kind of vying for that wild card spot. Like last year, it was the, the Nationals and the the Brewers yeah. who were the two wild cards. So, I mean... And that's not me putting down the NL West with that thought. It's just I think those divisions are going to be really close at the mm-hmm. top, which will leave somebody disappointed in the yeah. second to third range. And you know, Padres like, could take a lead. This, this yeah. division, is it's it's such a shuffle each year, guys, yeah. where you have the Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals. They all just seem to be shuffling. In recent years, and now you have the Reds and the Mechs who are projected to win the division. Things should get interesting. I have the Cardinals winning the division again this year. I, I think they're going to oh do my. it. And, you know, I don't know how they're going to go, how far they're going to go in the playoffs, uh, but I'm going to have them winning the division. Okay. And I, don't, I don't hate that. And I'll, I'll say NLDS this so, year. So uh, we got about a few minutes left. Do you want to just rattle off a couple of really quick stats of the week before we go? I think that's brilliant. Yeah. All right. Uh, who wants to start? Because mine is. Mine's not My, a real stat. Mine's a walk-off. Mine's a walk-off win. So mine's not a real stat, but it's something that Giancarlo Stan said today. <laughs> the number is 80. He thinks he could hit 80 home runs at least last year if he knew the pitches that were coming. Oh, my goodness. So All right. And, of course, it's gotten so bad that LeBron James has even spoken out about it, and uh, we, were, we were talking about his hashtag. It, I mean, <laughs> I'll... Well, you looked that up, look Will. Up Let's it. hear what you got. Well, I'm going to go back to pretty much the start of our show. Uh, Jordan, you were talking about how Chris Bryant was named uh, earlier today as the Cubs' leadoff man for at least the beginning of the season. It'll be an experiment in terror, which it has been since the since Dexter Fowler walked. Uh, they just haven't had a good leadoff man. And no number better represents that than uh, 294. That was the Cubs' on-base percentage from the leadoff spot last season. I was dead last in baseball, so... I mean, I, I like the move because uh, Brian is a um, good hitter. He gets on base. He runs the base as well, even though he's thought of more as a power guy. Um, it's better It's better than what was happening before because Schwarber wasn't cutting it. Daniel Descalzo did not cut it. Jason Hayward didn't cut it. Anthony Rizzo had been the best bet since uh, Dexter Fowler left. So that's my stat of the week, 294 on base percentage. That's horrible, terrible. So do you have that hashtag up? Hashtag, just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie, regardless my own sport I play. All right. Yeah, I <laughs> like that. If that trending, it's going to be That's crazy. That's effective. So my stat of the week is four, four years a woman in the New York area has been stalking Brett Gardner. Oh, God. Four years she's been weird po- Four years she's been posting on Twitter. How did you find that? Pictures of her that say... I'm here for you, BG, or I'm the future Miss Brett Gardner. And, well, oh, it's it's weird. I know because there was a story about Brett Gardner recently filing for a restraining order from this woman. And can you blame the guy? It's kind of weird because he's got a family. I can't believe it took that long. So, yeah, four years, this woman has been stalking him. Her Twitter account is still up. I, I don't have the ad in front of me, and I don't really think you want to see it. If you do, just look up, like, this, this is for you, BG, or something. It'll come up eventually. But, yeah, Brett Gardner... He's getting stalked. What can I say? And now people say, I look like Brett Gardner with a bald head. <laughs> with my bald head. So, um, I hope I don't get stalked either. So, uh, yeah. I think that's how we're going to end it. We'll hit the outro music. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we'll see you next week. This has been Out of Play. Like what you heard on this week's episode? Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. You can find Jordan at Gould Tweets, Jackson at JBKinney19, and myself at Will Trubbs.